It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. And in today's show, we had to call an audible. We were going to talk a little football in our uh, guest segment, but coming up, we're going to have Brandon Molesky. Uh, he is the Wild uh, Minnesota Wilds fans fan line host and so he gets on there after the games talks you guys off of a ledge just in case anybody's upset about the loss uh we're also going to talk a little while why because it happened Kentucky Derby of course one of the craziest uh finishes uh, you know I'm not going to say this is uh like miracle on ice in compared to Kentucky Derby but uh, 80 to 1 shot that's ridiculous uh and then we got to talk twins you know, I, I like I said, I keep saying I'm afraid to get on the bandwagon too soon uh, because I just don't want to be let down again. As we looked at what happened this year so far with sports like the Timberwolves, uh, hopefully the wild to have a meltdown. But as we bring my producer in, Sam Ekstrom, we're going to talk a little bit about the wild, Sam. And I was excited. Like, so I had a full weekend of sports. I got to go out to go for softball senior weekend. Uh, we went out there Saturday. Uh, my daughter got a signed poster by all the girls. Uh, she has a couple of favorites on the team, which their second baseman, um, as well as their shortstop, McKenna Dow, um, two of her favorites. Uh, she loves them. And and that's kind of her position. She's I think as she gets older, you know, she's fast. She's quick. She's going to be that. And then we watched Sunday's game. And right after Sunday's game, hockey came on. So it was like literally we were just, you know, uh, for my wife, I was I was super surprised um but it was laid back you know it was, a, it was a great mother's day weekend so happy mother's day to you know uh belated happy mother's day to all the mothers out there we weren't able to get out there to you sunday um but yeah we just laid around and watched sports and so again we watched a little hockey and my daughter actually laid in the bed with us and watched hockey um i don't know if it was because it's mother's day but she loves sports overall like she was watching the, the the game and then also my kids were giving my wife a massage my daughter uh, you know, told Alexa to play massage music and Alexa just found <laughs> uh, the latest relaxing tunes. And they, you know, they gave her like a foot hand calf massage. Um, and so that that was kind of her Mother's Day. You know, I, I made dinner. Uh, but as we're watching the wild game, um, something caught my eye right away. One, you didn't have Huso in the net. And I think that was the big difference. I mean, Huso, I think mentally, I think uh physically i think he was just drained i think he was mentally overthinking if you think about a lot of the shots um and a lot of the rebounds in that second game that's mental you know that's him not trusting that he has the puck secured that's not him trusting his teammates are going to be there um goals can come in a barrage and so after a couple came they just kept coming and coming and he could not kind of get it figured out wild it figured him out and then you look at uh bennington and they bring him in and he plays pretty much lights out. Like he has a great start. Uh, I just think the physicality, like you look at the wild, there were a lot of big hits that were missed. Um, you look at the game, uh, game three, St. Louis said, we're going to come out. We're going to destroy you. We don't care if we're missing guys. We don't care what the the, the result is. Um, and I think it wore down on the wild because in the second game, you saw a lot of potential big hits that either the guys pulled up. Uh, they didn't really take the right angle. Um, 
I don't know if St. Louis out physical them in the third game, even though they won it. But then that, you know, that stayed with them. Like, man, these guys are just trying to kill us, uh, you know, and they're trying to make it a bloodbath. Sam, I, this is my question for you. Mm-hmm. We said it would be here 2-2. I said exactly. I said they would win game three because I thought they had the momentum. And then I figured out game four, you're at home. Uh, just like in basketball, same thing some, happens. Whoever kind of gets one. It's tough to get two back-to-back games, especially in the same house. Um Going on the road, so playing at home and then going on the road, that's why I think coming home game five, the Wild are going to win. Um, you have break, you have a flight. The the, the Wild are going to be home and relax with their families. But here's my question to you, Sam. When you're looking at the goalkeeper or goaltender, and you don't want to – and this is, again, these are grown men. This is sports. This happens. Quarterbacks get benched. Receivers get benched. Running backs get benched. Uh, in basketball, guards, forwards, centers, players that are not playing well get benched, and the six, seven man come off the bench. That's where James Harden was created with the OK, OKC Thunder. Uh, came off the bench early on in his career. Uh, guys weren't getting it done. James Harden ended up working into that starting lineup. Do you see this being something that we will never see Huso again in the rest of this series because of what Bennington was able to do with the team? So if you go back to the Blues Stanley Cup year 2019, Bennington was the guy. Bennington kind of came out of nowhere and led them through the playoffs to a Stanley Cup. Now, he Mm -hmm. hasn't been as good since, uh, particularly in the regular season. And that's why Huso got the game one nod. Um, That being said, Bennington has been in these spots. Huso has not been in these spots. And you can tell that the weight of the moment for Huso is maybe a little much in game three. He gave up. 11 goals in two games between games Mm -hmm. two and three. So I think the switch was necessary. Um, And, you know, the blues did what the wild did not. They pulled their goalie and uh, they, they had kind of an easy, easy fallback because you go from kind of a a rookie in the playoffs, at least a a fresh young goaltender who hasn't really been here before to a Stanley cup winner in Bennington. So uh, Bennington is not going to be phased. And, and obviously I think he gets the game five start. And, you know, if he's playing game five, do you dare go back to, to anyone else in game six or seven? Probably not. I, I feel like Bennington is the guy the rest of the series. Yeah, and if you look at the shots on goal, I mean, shots against were 30 to 33 in favor of the Wild. So it wasn't like they weren't getting their shots off. Um, again, we, we just said that Bennington was lights out. You know, to only allow two goals on 33 shots on goal, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I think the the Blues also figured it out that the Wild are sneaky. They're trying to they're trying to get into that little area, that blue area. They're trying to confuse the 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 uh, goaltender. You didn't see guys protecting them the way they connected uh, protected Bennington. Like it just wasn't the same. Um, and and same for the Wild. Like I don't I don't I can't really say Flurry was the problem completely. Yeah, there were five goals on them. I'm learning hockey as I tweet this stuff out. People, the pros out there, are telling me this stuff. Um, over a hundred, it was like, I, like the one tweet I just tweeted was, uh, Kirill Kaprizov was ridiculous. And I talked about the, the shot off the skate in game three, it ended up being like 112,000 interactions with that tweet. Um, and I'm like, there's no video to it. There's no, like, I didn't get any, I just, the, just, Hey, did he mean it to hit it off the guy's skate? And it's back and forth. I'm not even responding to people. People responded to each other. Like one guy's like, yep. He looked back at it. He's doing this, blah, blah. He did. So I'm I'm seeing kind of what's going on. And so I, I brought up the same thing about the goal, the, the shots on goal. And people are saying it's not always on the goalkeepers, not on flurry. Like it, it the, the guys have to do a better job. I know we did see Dumba with the huge skate save uh right at the line. Um 
there's got to be more of that protection. There's got to be more clean it as, as Nate Prosser put it out, put, put it up uh, with me when he's talking to me. Uh, you've got to clear the house as they call it, you know? And, and so you just, you, you didn't see that. And I think maybe game three, they warmed down. Like that was, it was, a, it was, they were short players and they say, you know what, we're going to be short defensemen. We got to figure out a way to just impose our will. And they beat them up in game three and then turn it around and, in game four and uh got it done and so now they come back to minnesota two to two we talked about what would have to happen this would have to happen the difference is the timberwolves could not get it done in game five can the wild get it done if the wild don't get it done in game five and they got to go on the road in game six that's where it gets dicey because not winning two in a row is easy when you're at home and i've said that um you know winning two in a row after you travel is not as hard as when you're just in the same spot and you're going to play in the same house same place fans are gonna, if they lose game five the fans in st louis for game six are going to be nuts the players are going to play tight i keep talking about that tight sphincter that's my favorite thing to talk about um because the guys, guys' booty holes get tight. Like, when there's a tough situation, guys get tight. And I think that's that's what sports is about. Um, and, and this is this is my, my overall arching take on this. In order to win this, in order to get game five, and then and make sure at least you get a game seven back at home to, to take advantage of this home ice. Because this is where the home ice matters. you got to win game five because you don't want to be uh, pressured for game six. Um, but if you can win game five, the pressure's off. You go there. They're nervous. They have to second guess who's in, in goal. Uh, if you beat their goaltender up here, if it, and it is Bennington, um, you're going to make them second guess now who should be in there. Flurry seems like the guy down the stretch now. That seems like they're going to stick with him. Um, a, a Cam Talbot start would be disastrous in my opinion because if he has any mistakes or falters people are always going to question that move because flurry's gotten it done in two of the games so far so when you're looking at what could possibly happen you look at uh erickson Eck, you look at fiala stand out of the box some of the penalties and again they're self-inflicting wounds they have to stay out of the box the penalty kill is not as easy with a team it's like, you know, they say, have you ever seen a a, 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 a a stray animal which is back up against the wall? You know, whether it's a, somebody trying to, you know, I, there's cat videos all over about this. You know, wild cats are left in the neighborhood. They call animal pest control to come get them. And it could be like a wild, serious cat or some kind of crazy cat. They absolutely destroy people's legs and arms when they're trying to be caught. And that's what's going to happen with one of these two teams. One of these two teams is going to be that cat up against the wall. And what you don't want to do is let that cat get a hold to you because if they do, they're going to scratch and claw until you let them go. And that's that's where the wild have to be able to put their foot or their skate on their throat and cut their heads off. Like you you have to have a finishing move. It has to be like Mortal Kombat. But, you know, that, that's my thought on this, Sam. I know we're going to have Brandon Molesky coming up. He's the hockey pro. Um, do you think they win game five before we get out of here? Yeah, I, I think they should. I can't figure this series out at all because each team <laughs> has dominated one game on their home ice and gotten blown out another game on their mm -hmm. home ice. So yep. there's no real trend to go off of. Every game has been kind of lopsided. Um, the adjustments have been excellent by the head coaches, but we haven't really had that tense third period yet. I guess yeah. yesterday, yesterday was pretty close. It was a one-goal game for a lot of that period, but we haven't had that, like, gripping the edge of your seat kind of finish to a game yet. And I think it's going to come here in the final games of the series.
Yeah, well, I agree with you. I think these are these last three. If they can get to three, um, I, I I said Wild in six. I'm still sticking with it. I think they can get this done in six. I think they can win this one. I think they can go to St. Louis and win again. And I think they can be done in six. Um, so we'll see. I've been pretty accurate so far, even though I'm just out here throwing numbers up against a wall. But I've been pretty accurate so far. Uh, that'll do it for the first segment of Ron Johnson Show. Coming up next, we have Brandon Maleski or Tenna B, if you know him, if you follow him on, on Instagram and Twitter and, and, and KFan Radio. Um, Tenna B is, is one of the hockey guys. He loves to talk hockey. He skates. He puts a nice rink in his backyard. And he'll be on the show coming up next. But first, make sure to check out our day. Our, sorry, one, two. But first, make sure to check out our other daily show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's Superior Sports Talk with Carol Levin Sports Director Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. Here, Luke and Reggie go back and forth about the latest Minnesota sports five days a week. Find it on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast feeds. So next up on the Ron Johnson Show, we're going to have Brandon Maleski. A lot of you listen to KFan Nomas Tenna B. He actually runs the Vikings fan line for us back there behind the glass, taking your phone calls. But he also does something that's really important right now, and that's the wild fan line. I'm going to bring in Brandon Molesky right now. We're going to talk a little wild hockey. I'm a new hockey fan. I'm a noob. Um, I love the interaction on Twitter. And so, Brandon, I want to first thank you um, for not laughing at my questions as I am new to this. Um, but let's jump out there. We asked about the Cam Talbot versus um, – uh, Flurry, you know, when yeah. I called when I called into the pregame show and that was my question to you and Pat Micheletti. Um, and then I heard you guys when I got off the radio have a little debate about who, you know, at what point should Cam Talbot get a chance? Should he not? Well, the Wild or sorry, the Blues did something that the Wild fans thought should happen at one point, which they put uh, Bennington in. He did pretty well. You know, 30 shots on goal. He had 28 saves. That's crazy. Uh, where's the wild couldn't really get it done spent a lot of time in the penalty box I saw a four minute out there that's crazy uh, don't really understand the two versus five versus four but whatever uh, but Brandon you'll learn what <laughs> I'm, I'm learning what do the wild have to do though in game five uh, they don't want to go have a must win game in game six on their uh, their opponent's home ice because they have home ice advantage definitely got to push it to seven games what do the wild have to do to pull out this game five well, you know, I, I find it kind of interesting how f- the fan base just ebbs and flows from each game that, you know, have, you know, before game four, I saw people on Twitter like going, well, if they win this game and they have a 3-1 lead, should they pull the goalie and change the goalie? It's like, let's not just assume this is going to be an easy victory. And I know the Blues had some defensemen that were out some, and um, we can get to that later. But um, St. Louis is a really good team, and the Wild are a really good team. It's two good teams that, uh, unfortunately, based off the way the uh, the – the NHL does their playoff format. Unfortunately, had to play each other right away in the first round. But, uh, you know, if you thought just after game three, this was going to be an easy series for the Minnesota Wild, uh, you were wrong and you were you were mistaken. And St. Louis is a really good team. Unfortunately, now they for the Wild, they might get healthy moving into game five on that blue line, and that'll make it even a, a tougher challenge. And uh, I looked at the series beforehand. I thought, yeah, this is a coin flip series. The other team has equal a chance of winning and, thought it would go to game seven and I still think it's going to go to a game seven. So in terms of what the wild need to do in game five, you know, probably need to be a little bit more physically engaged. Um, you know, St. Louis came after them early on and just thought that the work ethic and the battle level was there a little bit more. Once the wild got down, they seemed to push as the game went along, but um, put themselves in, in too big of a hole. And in this series so far, whoever gets out to that early lead is holding on to it. So clearly uh, 
clearly the first goal apparently is is important in this series. Yeah, and I heard on the broadcast like in game three, I think it was like twenty one hits at one point to the to the Wilds four. As far as just the the, the wild, the Blues came out in game three and just it was a bloodbath early on. Yeah. Uh, the Wild weathered the storm and still found a way to win. Game four, it looked like those hits started to mentally get to the wild because you saw wild players second guessing themselves, uh, not really attacking, not taking some hits. Maybe they could have taken bad angles. Uh, and the blues, you know, they're like, look, we're down a couple defensemen. So let's just let's just, you know, play backyard brawl and see what happens. And it worked. Uh, the wild looked wore down. Like you said, it looked they looked a little timid or, or uh, slow to start. What what do how do the wild etch up or, or amp up this intensity? I know they're going to have their home fans uh, banging on the glass, you know, to to get some of these hits in. But how do they make sure they keep the physicality up so they don't get out physical? Well, I mean, that's just a, it's just a want to run. And I, I would think uh, after losing game four and all of a sudden it's a three game series. And as you mentioned earlier, game five is pretty critical for the wild. Um, you know, to, to be down three, uh, two going into St. Louis after you just lost two in a row when you had a two, one series in the league, that's, that's not, uh, exactly a, di- a desirable situation for the Minnesota wild. So I, I, I would expect, uh, especially with the crowd, as you just mentioned at Excellence center, uh, tomorrow night that, um, I, I, I don't think effort and intensity will, will be an issue. It's probably, probably more so special teams, power play and penalty kill and, <laughs> and goaltending and all that stuff that. Typically is, but you know, you you know, you mentioned all the contact from St. Louis in Game Three. I expected that to die down a bit in Game Four, just because it didn't work for St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And the the Wild realized uh, after Game Three, you know, we don't need to retaliate against these guys. We need to stay disciplined, stay out of the penalty box. So, I think kind of the best strategy for both teams moving forward is you're going to play physical, um, but you can't let that be your main your main thought that's in your brain. Because uh, it can kind of distract you from what else is going on. So I, I, as the series goes along, it's, it's still going to be a physical series. But I think a lot of the the, the extracurricular stuff that's after the whistle, that's going to go away here over the last three games because uh, the, the margin of error for both teams is pretty thin. And you don't want to be the guy that's that's making the mistake and costing your team. Yeah, and so me and Audra Martin, she came on the show, and and we we've become friends over like wild stuff now, and and twin stuff, and just state fair stuff uh, from like two years ago, I think, or three. I don't, I can't remember last time there was a state fair, but maybe three years ago, uh, we did a show at the state fair together, and then we've stayed friends ever since. But her and I both love the Mighty Ducks. Me because that's the only hockey I knew when I got to Minnesota, and so. <laughs> The Mighty Ducks are kind of where I take it. So you look at the Bash Brothers for the Mighty Ducks, and, and yeah. they put those guys in the game. Emilio Estevez, I think that's the right Estevez, puts yeah, those guys yes. in the game just to beat people up. And you look at – and I was at the hockey – you know, the His name's the, Gordon Bombay in the movie you're on. Gordon Bombay, yes. Yeah. Um, so you're a fan as well of the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I love it. Well, who, um, who, who in Minnesota that was involved in <laughs> hockey at our age did not love the Mighty Ducks? In fact, my kids were watching Mighty Ducks 3 this morning. As we have speak. they started watching on Disney Plus though? Have they watched that series? Yet? Oh yeah, oh yeah, the, okay. oh yeah. We've we've already gone through the whole Game Changer series. Okay, yeah. okay. I've not watched it all. We watched it and then we kind of stopped because uh, life started happening. But so when you think about that, so I, I've heard uh, is Delorier, I think is the name, is the guy that yep. kind of does a lot of that. Um, what does he need to do to make sure one protect the goalie? Uh, and then make sure he's keeping that, as Nate Prosser put it, keep the house clean. Like, how is he going to make sure to keep those guys out of there, make sure those guys aren't, you know, putting sticks, you know, and, and not to make it sound weird, but I heard it on the broadcast, put sticks in the butt of the goalkeeper, you know, if the ball, if the puck's under there, you know, just trying to jab at it. Get, That's get a it new out. one to me. I haven't heard that one. 
Yeah, I think he said he said it looks like he hit him in the. I, I forgot what he was trying to say, but I, I did see it because it did skate back and it hit. I forgot who skated hit or something or Dumba maybe, but I heard the guy kind of just sneak it in there. And for you guys, you watch it all the time, so that you didn't catch that. For me, I'm like, wait a minute, what? And he's like, yeah, it looks like he was digging in there to try to get the puck out. And so, sure, you know, as a as a as a Delorier, you know, that's pretty much you know a lot of his role. How does he stay engaged in that though? Because like it can be a lull back and forth, back and forth, and then eventually you just got to snap into you know go mode and say I got to get over there and, and clear this out. Well, I mean, first off, for Deloria, he's not really playing a whole lot. He's on Correct. the fourth line, and you know they played what six minutes yesterday in Game Four. Typically during the regular season, they're at 10, 11, 12 minutes. Um, but you know the the game is going to dictate how much ice time he gets, and you should know this, Ron, as a as a football guy. Like um, when you are down two touchdowns in the NFL, guess what? You're going to pass the ball more. You're not going to be run. You're not going to run the ball. And in hockey, when you are down two, which the Wild were, uh, you know, halfway through that game, they were down three one to St. Louis. Well, you need to score goals. So if you're a guy like the Delorier, who's not much of a goal scorer, like they're not going to see as much ice time. Um, not to mention, if you have a game in which there's lots of special teams with power play and penalty kill, he's not going to be on the ice. Like he needs to be in a five on five where you're rolling the lines over, but. He hasn't had a whole lot of impact on this series so right. far, Ron. Um, and, you know. Yep. So that's good to like, know. Like, so, that, so the point is then, so so basically what you're saying is because the game I was at at home, they were up. And so Deloria had more ice time because he was in there because of that. Yeah, I mean, the more the more five on five you're playing, he'll play. Okay. And the more you are either tied or leading, you know, he can play a defensive role where you're not okay. afraid to get goal scored on you. But. Um, you know, if you need, if you're down a couple goals, you know, he's, he ain't going to, the odds of him scoring for you are very slim and you want to, you, you want to get Kirill Kaprizov back on the ice. You want to get Kevin Fiala back on the ice. Like instead of rolling four lines, now you're going to roll three lines and get them more ice time to give yourselves a better chance to score. So, you know, the, the, the store, that's why in in all these games in this series, you know, there've been goals scored early, you know, the wilds, two victories, they scored uh, you know, the, you know, the first game three, they scored 10 minutes in, and then they they had three by the end of the first period. Yep. Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, game, that was game two. Game three, in which they won in St. Louis, they scored two goals in the first 90 seconds. Like, yep. you know, that that has an impact on the way the game is played. And then, you know, from a, from an X's and O's standpoint, it changes. You know, if you're if you're trailing, uh, your defensemen are going to get more aggressive, and they're going to get they're going to they're going to take more risks, which might mean they might give up more odd man rushes behind you because they're trying to play more up in the offense to give yourself a chance. So. That's why these, uh, you know, these early goals have really kind of changed all four games that we've seen played so far. Yeah. So if you had to put your Dean Evison hat on, how, like, because I heard you say roll the line, four lines, three lines, and Kirill Kaprizov clearly is on the first line. I'm guessing that he's the best. Um, if you're Dean Evison, though, how often are you going to give him the full four and let him get rest? Are you are you going to try to like in this game? Are you putting Krill out there as much as possible um, to make sure he's getting full ice time? Well, I mean, you always want Kirill Kaprizov out on the ice as much as you possibly can. Uh, one, he's he's by far your best player. I think he's right. you know one of the leaders right now in in, in the NHL and in, in playoff goals, and he's kind of an Iron Man a little bit, Ron. Like he his lungs, you know, the kids like to say built different. Like his lungs are just built different, where he can go out there and play for a minute, minute and a half, and doesn't get tired mm-hmm. as much as, as everyone else does. And you come from me. Uh, you got you got track and field in your family as well. So I, I mean, I, I'm sure you understand that. That yeah, uh, there, there are there are guys like myself that if I go hard for 45 seconds on the ice, I'm gassed. My <laughs> legs are gone. I need to get off. Whereas he just has something where he can stay out longer. So like you, you can double shift him and not worry about um, 
you know, his legs or his lungs. And he's still, you know, he's still a young guy too. It's not, he's, he ain't 35, 36, 37 years old. So, you know, uh, you, you're seeing it, uh, as I just mentioned with the fourth line and Delorier and Duhame and Jost, uh, their minutes have declined or decreased as they've gone into the postseason here. And that's typically expected, but if the wild get out to an early lead in game five tomorrow night, then you are able to, to kind of roll your four lines a little bit more. But I want to thank right. Tina B for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Great hockey stuff. Make sure you go back and watch the Open. Also, stick, stay tuned for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes. Up next. Do you want smart post-game reaction from the insiders that cover your favorite sports teams? Check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Get instant reactions from our Locked On team hosts, along with prominent reporters like Kevin Gore for the Wild, Brandon Warren for the Twins, and Chalanga Leganson for the Timberwolves. No fluff, just 10 minutes of straight analysis after each game. Subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube and never miss a podcast. Well, it's that time of the show that I love. It's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes. Take it away, Sam. All right, good news, bad news in Twins territory. Good news, they sweep the Oakland Athletics. Three one-run wins, 2-1, 1-0, 4-3. They dodged bullets in every single ninth inning. Every game was kind of the same. Here's the bad news. Everyone's getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Byron Buxton has a hip issue. Carlos Correa got hit in the the hand with a pitch. He's missed a few games. Trevor Larnick is on the IL. And it looked like their pitcher, Chris Paddock, got injured yesterday as well with an elbow. All told, the Twins have 10 players on the IL right now, even though they keep on winning. Are you more excited about the wins or worried about the injuries? Uh, I'm worried about the injuries. And this is why. When you look at the way, you know, kind of the early, the, the holdout, and uh, everybody's talking about Manfred is going to ruin the MLB. He's going to ruin baseball. Uh, they need a new, you know, they need a new person in charge. Blah blah. So you look at the short spring training. You look at the 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 players mentally being worried about the, you know, whether it's a lockout, whether it's going to be after strike, whether it's going to be a new agreement that's going to screw them in the end. And we know they're about their money. Uh, we know there's a lot of guys that make enough money to sit out. And so when you have enough big time names that are like, look, I've already made $40 million. I can wait. You know, as an owner, you're losing a ton every single time you don't open your stadium up. And so even though these owners are billionaires, there's a ton of employees they have to pay. There's other people involved. And so you end up being the bad guy as an owner if you can't find a way to get the labor uh, agreement going because you have concessions, you have ticket people, you have sweet people. I mean, you have the chefs, you have, it's so many employees that work for the, let's just say the twins, for instance, um, that it's, it's tough. And so when you look at that short kind of, you know, confusing time where we didn't know if baseball was going to have to miss two or three series or what the season was, you know, everybody's like, oh, it should be a hundred, a hundred game season this year, you know, a hundred game season. Let's get a bunch of spring training. Let's let them get their bodies going. And so now we're seeing what a short, uh, spring training and preseason can do your body can, can it can be you know you can succumb to injury here's why I'm worried I'm worried because of the teams they have to face coming up you look at the Astros they're 18 and 11 you got the Guardians at 50 you know 50 percent uh, 500 sorry 500 percent 50 50 they're 14 and 14 um, but then they have a stretch so if they can get through that juggernaut of the Astros and then you know a decent Guardians team as we talked about before, about that first 28 or that next 28 games in their first 10, they were four and six. Now they're they've in the next two. They've won seven games in their last two 10 game. They're in the 10th game coming up 
uh, with the Astros, but seven and two in the last 10, seven and three before that. You look at the Athletics, 10 and 18, the Royals, nine and 16, the Tigers, and this is the key one, eight and 19. They are my Tigers. I love them out of Detroit. They suck right now. Five game stretch versus the Tigers. That's five wins they can possibly get in there. And so if they can get out early like they've been doing, they have, but then you got the Blue Jays, and this is where they have to get healthy. They have to get healthy by the by the Tigers series because they have the Blue Jays and the Yankees, and that's where it gets scary. And that's why the injuries, to me, it's like how long are they going to be out? If they're going to be out for a little bit and come back in some of these easier series like the Tigers, and then they're ready to go for the Blue Jays and Yankees, great. But if they're out past the Yankees, that can be a stretch of 10 where they end up going like 1-9, and nine, and that's where it gets a little scary. Yeah, I'm always worried about Buxton. You know, he's already had two injury scares now. Um, mm-hmm. so you worry about that cumulative effect of his body wearing down. Uh, like Correa's hand, is that going to affect his swing? Even if he's able to play, is he going to be able to hit as effectively? Uh, you, you've lost a couple starting pitchers now. So there's just a slow buildup where I worry. I worry about this team in the long run. But if they can get guys healthy by the time that's, that schedule gets tougher, um, it might work out okay. I know this team's always very cautious with injuries, so maybe they're not as serious as they seem. Yeah. All right, the Minnesota Lynx, a team we haven't talked a lot about on this show. They started their regular season over the weekend, lost a couple games to the Seattle Storm and the Washington Mystics, and they lost both of them pretty handily. Ron, what's your outlook on the Minnesota Lynx this season? Uh, I don't want to make it a gut reaction. They were in the playoffs last year. They've been a pretty solid team over the past um, but they do have a new person holding the ball, and that's Rachel Bantam, former Gophers guard. Uh, absolute nightmare shooter when it comes to getting hot. When she gets hot, she's tough to stop. Um, so she's getting the nod this year early on. Uh, she signed a new contract to be back with the Lynx. Um, you know, she's a hometown girl, and so you want to root, root for her just like Lindsey Whalen. Um, so I think she's going to have to get her foot her footing. You know, coming off the bench, being a support player. Um, you know, she like, and I think Jordan Poole is going to be there someday, you know, as a support player now, eventually when he becomes the guy, he's going to have to, you know, figure out what it looks like. Look at Duncan Robinson with the heat, uh, had a great kind of, you know, bubble and then got a $90 million contract. And now he's played like, I think one game or something or like that, or three games in the last, whatever, like it, it, it's a lot more pressure. And so I think Rachel Bandham has to get it figured out. Um, but you look who they played, uh, the mystics right now are undefeated, uh, the Seattle storm. It's Sue Bird. I mean, come on now. She's Sue Bird. So, uh, yep, it's not great that they they weren't even close in either of these two games. Like, uh, you know, two double-digit losses. But it's early. It's only been two. Um, they can easily turn it around and go two and two and then, you know, go or whatever, win the next two. So end up two and two in the last four. Um, and that's going to change. But I think it's going to be up to Rachel Bantam carving out her niche. What is what is her game? She's normally a scorer shooter, but now she has to be a little bit of a facilitator as well. Um, so that's that's the question is, can she be the Steph Curry of the WNBA? Like as a point guard, you know, facilitating, can she also get her shot off? And I think that's going to be up to, you know, Coach Reeve down the stretch, figuring that out. Like what or not down the stretch, sorry, early on in the season. What does that look like for Rachel? Is is she a Steph Curry? Can she facilitate and can she get her shot off? Or do we need to get a guard in there to kind of or a forward even to bring the ball up, take that pressure off Rachel, let her just get up the court nice and easy and then get into the offense? And so I I think that's going to be the key uh, for the Lynx. But right now it's too early. It's two games in. Um, I'm never just going to say it's over. (laughs) I know Vikings fans, if the Vikings go into, it's over. People are going to say it's over. Uh, it's not over in the WNBA. It's not over there in the NBA. Like it it can start off bad. And then all of a sudden, boom, turn on like gangbusters. 
Yeah, the Lynx had that slow start last year, too, and they figured things out pretty pretty fast. So uh, I'll be patient with Cheryl Reeve. I love her as a coach. And I know they're kind of waiting for Nafisa Collier, right? Because she was yeah. their leading scorer last year. She's having a baby, so she's missing time now, but she plans to return, which is crazy impressive on her part. But if they can just weather the storm until she gets back, um, I imagine she'll give them a pretty big lift. Yeah, I'd um, love to see Maya Moore come back though. <laughs> it's not gonna happen, but that'd be one of the biggest stories in basketball. That would be that'd be awesome. Um, the Kentucky Derby Saturday. Now, this was interesting. Rich Strike was not in the field the morning of the race. The 20 mm-hmm. horse scratched. So Rich Strike was an alternate, got entered in the field last minute. 80 to one long shot. Not a very impressive resume. Nobody believed in that horse on the far outside post, nonetheless. And he comes from like an absurd deficit on the home stretch and beats the two favorites at the wire. Yeah. Uh, if you saw the aerial view of this race, it was incredible. The ground that he covered. Did you watch the race, Ron? Do you care about the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> um, I care from a betting standpoint. I was kind of like, we were supposed to go to a Kentucky Derby birthday party at Canterbury. Um, and just our schedule, like getting one of our daughter's hair done on campus, uh, because we also were attending the game. So kind of like a, it, it worked out for both, you know, our, our littlest got to get her hair done. Our oldest got, you know, she's a softball player. So she got to watch the Gophers and, and, and again, see the players have their senior day, um, so on and so forth. So, no, we missed the party. I'm kind of annoyed a little bit because when I saw the numbers in the uh, bet, so three and 21, I think, were like one and two or whatever it was, or 21 and three. I forgot. Those are my numbers. Like 21 was my high school football number. I wanted 21 in college. But when I got here, Delvin Jones had it, who was a sophomore safety who was starting. Um, and so my second number was Keyshawn Johnson. Or sorry, my first number was three. But at the time, freshmen, they really didn't give freshmen single-digit numbers. Um, so I wanted 21 but couldn't get it. So, you know, my sophomore year, I went to three. And so, of course, three is my number. I mean, this is the daily three. So, honestly, like being there, talking to people about the bets, I would have thrown – I don't know how much. I forgot what it was worth. Um, but I definitely would have thrown 10 to 20 bucks on a, on a 321. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's a box trifecta or a box perfecta. I don't even know what it it's is. Probably an exacta. Exacta, yeah, yeah, yeah. 21-3 yeah. would be exacta, yeah. Yep. And so I don't know what that pays out. But when I saw that, I'm like, I would have done three twenty one and then twenty one three on a uh, on an exacta bet, uh, throwing t- you know twenty bucks. I don't know if it pays out what hundred to one, two hundred to one, three. I don't know what it was, um, but I would have I would have done that because those are my numbers. I always do that with the the Powerball. I always play three twenty one, twenty four is another number. My wife's birthday, uh, twelve and thirteen are my kids' birthdays. Uh, so yeah, so I love to use the numbers uh when i do it so i would have had that in there and that's the only thing that threw me off but no it was an amazing race i watched that area view as well on twitter uh i think he came back from like 12 horses back and he had to weave himself through and still had enough stamina left to kind of just go and take it um 80 to 1 favorite so you gotta love those stories because i'm not sure you know with, with the bob um uh whatever his name is story Baffert. Baffert, yeah, the the whole like just wait till the facts come out, dude. The facts are all you. What do you mean when it? Just tell us. What 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 are the facts? Like you keep saying it as if you're gonna have some expose of other people that drugged your horses and not you, or the owners drugged your horses and not you. Like shut up. But in his story, because he's they're gonna make a movie, I'm sure about him. And then this horse might pop up as a small blip 
in the story of like, oh, look, a non-drugged horse won that year at 80 to one. Imagine if Bob Baffert had been in there, you know, but no, it was, you know, it was cool to see it on, on, on sports center and all that stuff and, and Instagram and Twitter, but no, I'm not like a diehard, but I definitely would have bet those numbers. Uh, all right, Ron, how much money do you think realistically, what would you have put in that exacta? Cause I've got the number, the payouts right here. Oh, I would have put like, I mean, I would have probably, I mean, honestly, like it's a birthday party, we'd have been drinking. So anywhere from like 20 to 50 bucks on each, like a hundred bucks bet okay. on both of them. So let's 50 and 50. Let's say it's, all right, let's say it's 50. Yep. A $2 exacta would have paid $4,101.20. So you would have won a, about $90,000. So annoying. <laughs> Softball came first, though. You know what? Softball came first. My daughter was happy. You know, my other daughter got her hair done. Um, so you know, it is what it is. I don't get the ninety grand, but we'll have to make it back up somehow. Dang. But yeah, no, I definitely would have bet that. I'm not betting it. Well, I guess I can bet it next year, but um, yeah, I don't think it'll ever happen again. Three and twenty-one. That's not gonna happen. Crazy. <laughs> well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson show. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Tina B, Brandon Molesky as well. Um, please subscribe on YouTube to the Minnesota uh, Locked On Minnesota Sports and then search for the Ron Johnson show. And you can also download and take us with you wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.